0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Livingston First Church. We're so glad you're joining us today. We really hope you're ready to hear a great message from the Word of God. So prepare your hearts, prepare your ears, and get ready to receive a blessing from the Lord. Be blessed. Like 13 years plus, and there's nowhere like it. Like, it's just the best. And if you're new to church, it's kind of weird. It's It's a little weird, right? You're like, what the heck is wrong with these people? Like, well, they just talk about blood all the time, and like dead people coming out of the like, like zombies what it's kind of weird isn't it if you're new to church but there's this thing that grabs it's the holy spirit but it grabs you and it and you know you're you're home right you know it you know you that you belong i mean i remember the church we came to when we got saved all those years ago there was this lady when she was in the in the presence of god would jerk like this and he And she's a wonderful woman of God. I'm not, like, diminishing that at all. It was beautiful. But I didn't know what that was. I thought she had Tourette's. (laughs) I thought she was, like, you know, like, medically challenged. And I didn't know what to do with that. But it was okay. Nobody judged me for not knowing. Nobody was, like, treating me like an outcast for not knowing. Nobody made me feel unworthy of myself. People just embraced me. And when I had questions, they answered the questions. And then when they couldn't answer the questions, they just loved me anyways. And that, and that is so important that if you're new here and you're new to this and, and you don't really understand everything that's going on, that's, it's so okay. It's not, there's no pressure. You don't have to want to come to the altar. You don't have to want to raise your hands. You, you, know, you probably look at the, the church during worship and be like, these people can't dance. They can't sing. What's wrong with them? And that's okay. It really is. That's part of learning how to, how to be a part of the body. It, it is. It is. It, it's a process where you, you learn community you learn how to be loved how many of you know you have to learn how to be loved It, it doesn't come naturally it's actually kind of painful and when somebody loves you authentically for the first time you don't trust them do you you're kind of like you're going to want something from me and I don't want you to want something from me so I'm going to run from you but that's what church is for it's a place for you to run from people but still be loved it's a place for you to, to sort of be a knucklehead and not be judged for it and not be condemned for it just to be in family. That's what church is for, isn't it? So all of us have been there. All of us came to the church, whether you were born on Saturday, church Sunday, you still came to church for the first time and we're like, "What is going on in this? These people are weird." And it's true, we are. We need to be weird because we're not of the world. We're of of the cross. So we look differently. We look differently. So, uh, you know, this is good. This is good. It really is. If you're uncomfortable right now, that's, I'm good. And be honest, you can be honest about it. Nobody here is going to judge you. Because I was in your shoes and I've, I've gone to meetings where I've been uncomfortable. Right? I was at a, a meeting in, in Renosa where a guy's Bible was bleeding oil. You know, bleeding oil. I didn't really believe it, honestly. He let me hold the Bible, and I was like, where's that vial? I'm going to find that thing. It wasn't in there. It was actually just bleeding oil. But that was really hard for my flesh to receive because I've never seen a Bible bleed oil or any, anything. I've, you know, Bibles don't bleed. They're books. Only living things bleed. I guess the word is living. It is. It is living. So that, there you go. That's, there's the theology for it. We just did that, just like that. Boom. Thank you, Lord. But it was uncomfortable for me. And to be honest, I, you know, like when you're uncomfortable, you kind of don't really want to be in, in the situation, but you, there's something in you that kind of tugs you a little bit closer. And that's what it's like in churches. You, at first, you, you know it feels good, it feels right, you're supposed to be there, but you're uncomfortable, so you don't really want to plug in all the way. But little by little, as you continue to show up, as you continue to plug in, it becomes more of the reality that you know you're supposed to be living in, okay? So it's okay that you feel uncomfortable by, you know, altar call in the beginning, not the end. It's okay that you're like, why doesn't anybody tell the pastor he can't dance? <laughs> it's okay to think that. It's okay. That, th- those are good things. That actually is proof that you're curious about what you're doing. You're not just here being a blob, being a you know, blending into the wall. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We love you. Thank you for honoring us this morning with your presence. Thank you. Thank you for honoring us with your presence. Why do you do that, Lord? You're so good. You're so kind to us. We don't deserve it. We. <laughs> We can't earn any, any of this, Lord. And we just, we just thank you that you would do that, that you would, you would be so gracious, that you would be so gracious to give us your son, Jesus, Lord, that you would come to earth and to, to live like we lived. We're, we're so thankful for that. But not only did you do it on the cross, you do it again and again and again because you just enjoy your people. So we thank you for that, Jesus, and we pray that your word would, would, would break us this morning. Lord, just break us. Just break us, Lord. We, we, we want to be transformed, so, so transform us. But you, if you have to break anything, God, we give you permission to break. You can be a bull in a china shop. We're okay with that. Just do what you want to do, Lord. We'll, we'll submit to it the best we can. We'll give you our hearts the best we can. Because we love you. And it's not because we've done anything, it's because you love us. Jesus' name, Amen. So it's been a long weekend. I don't really know exactly what I'm going to say this morning. I have not had time to, you know, I usually like write a nice message and I didn't do that. So we're just going to see what the Lord does. Uh, But I did write something down. Did you guys know that it's Valentine's Day tomorrow? Uh, We sung all those songs about love. Uh Uh-oh. What's the Lord doing? It's Valentine's Day. Who's got the flowers bought already? Guys, did you get them? Did you get the chocolates? You still got 24 hours. Don't worry. It's it. <laughs> don't, don't remind her. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you know Valentine's Day is a Christian holiday? No, probably not. No. Most, most of us are like, it's of the devil. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 It's a Christian holiday. Did you know that? It actually has Christian roots, a Christian heritage. It, it wasn't something the world came up with. It, it was actually something... The, the church came up with that the world counterfeited, right? Did you know that everything the devil does is just a counterfeit of what God is actually doing? So whatever you're struggling with is actually the counterfeit of what you were intended for. And the quickest way to break sin off of your life is to stop focusing on the sin, but to pursue the truth of what you were made for, right? And just a quick illustration of that, if you're struggling with pornography, Right? You're never going to beat pornography by telling pornography how evil it is. Like, get away from me. No. You need to experience the truth. Right? The truth is you're made to gaze upon beauty. So you need to take that temptation whenever it comes to look at the, the bad images and use that as a vessel to look on the one who is beautiful. Right? And that's how you break sin off of your life. And then you become more than a conqueror because the sin that once conquered you is now your servant to usher you in to the king, right? So if if you, like Ephesians says, if you steal, work humbly with your hands, right? If you backbite and you gossip and you complain, focus on edifying. See, the devil is is really not a creator. He's a counterfeiter. He's, He's printing fake bills, He's just trying to intimidate you by getting you to believe that he has power, right? He doesn't have power. He's actually just copying what the Lord does, hoping that you'll never figure out that you were made for the truth and stay stuck in the lie, right? So anyways, Valentine's Day is a Christian holiday. You probably didn't know that, but St. Valentine's, I forgot his first name, uh, irrelevant, but he was a, a, a Roman priest, right? He was a Roman priest. He loved Jesus. When I say priest, he loved Jesus, the, you know, the, the Catholic Church and all that. A lot of Catholics do love Jesus. They just kind of get some things wonky. We have some differences with the way we, we see Mary and, uh, and some other minor details. But anyways, so he was a, he was a priest, uh, and he was in Rome, and in Rome, uh, soldiers were not allowed to get married, right? Christianity was exploding in Rome at the time. You, it was busting at the seams. You couldn't keep the Christian church from growing. It was so impactful, okay? And St. Valentine was performing secret marriages for Roman soldiers. The, the, uh, the Roman emperor at the time believed that if his soldiers got married, then they wouldn't be as vigorous on the battlefield because they would be afraid of dying and leaving their, their, their loved ones behind, right? So he made a rule, no soldiers get married. They just need to be focused on killing and eventually being killed. And um, Mr. Mr. Valentine, St. Valentine, knew that was wrong, right? It was wrong. So he began to, to have secret marriages inside of Rome for Roman soldiers, well, eventually he got caught, right? They put him in jail, and one of the jailers who's, who's sort of like dealing with his case has a blind daughter. She's like completely blind, can't see, and uh, Valentine prays for her, and her eyesight's restored, right? Jesus heals her eyes. It's a crazy miracle. So uh, fast forward a little bit, uh, eventually he gets convicted, and his, his choices are renounce his faith, or be beaten and martyred for what he believes. How, how many you know what he chose, right? He, when you're in love, there's no choice. When you're in love, there's no choice. When you're in love, it doesn't matter, right? So he, he was martyred for his faith, right? And he writes one last letter before he's martyred, and he, he writes it to the young girl whose eyes were open, and he signs it, you're Valentine. <laughs> and that's where we get that from, Right? So Valentine's Day is a Christian holiday, and it's no uh, coincidence that we've been singing about love today, because just like Valentine's Day, we need to understand what love is. We need to understand what love is. We can't allow the world to define love anymore, right? It's it's our fault that Valentine's Day has been hijacked. Did you know that? It's not the world's fault. They, They never knew to begin with. It's our fault for not being the church in the way we're supposed to be the church and we can't allow love to be hijacked either right we need to know what love is and then be able to express that to the world around us how many of you know that love is not defined by what you think love is not defined by what you feel love is not you can't find love within yourself it's important that you understand that you can't find love within yourself. In fact, until you get that, you'll always be disappointed by what you find, right? Love cannot be found from within. Love is not uh, regulated to an emotion. Love is not a feeling. Love is a characteristic of the person of God. Love is a characteristic of the, of the person of God, Without God, there is no love. Until you know God, you don't know what love is. And the problem with the world is they've counterfeited it and made love something that you find within yourself. But guess what? You're temporal. So you're going to find the end of yourself and find that there was actually no love. See, until you search for the eternal, until you search for what you were made for, until you actually find who love is... You'll never experience love. And then what actually happens is you begin to self-loathe. You begin to resent yourself because you found that you're not lovely. <laughs> you're broken. Apart from God, there's nothing in you worthwhile. See, this is what's happening in the world is we're, we're being taught that love is within. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. And the further you search within yourself, the more you become disappointed because love has a source, and his name is Jesus, right? Right? You know, it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. If you try to change yourself, if you try to, to mutilate your person and become somebody different, right? Like, for instance, transgenderism. People are, are, are trying to change themselves to find love, right? They're trying to mutilate themselves and inject things into themselves in order to find love, Right? Now, if, if a transgender person dies a hundred years from now, if they dig up their bones, they're only going to find one of two options: male or female. Right? The DNA is going to explain what that person is despite what they did to themselves. Because you can't change who you are. You can't change who you are. And there's a reason, is because who you are is perfect. It's written into the, the, the law of God, you're perfect. And if you could change yourself, God would have given you that option. He would have said, no problem. When you get tired of being who you are, just let me know and we'll do some weird uh, something and we'll change you. But he didn't give us that option. We can only be who we're born to be. And it's not because you have to, to suffer through the reality that you're not good enough. It's because he made something perfect. You're perfect. And until you experience love... Until you experience God, until you are consumed by who he is, you'll always be focused on what you feel like you're not. Right? So we've got to be the church who defines what love is for the world. We have to be the church who defines what love is for the world so that we can break through in confusion and reveal to the world what we've experienced. But we have to know what love is and then we have to experience it. Go to 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verses 7 through, Dear, 7 through 12. Verses 7 through 12, 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who is a child of God and knows and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, okay? So it's important that it says this is real love, not that we love God. That's the, that's the proof right there. Love can't come from us. Okay? Right there. Love can't come from us. But that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's wonderful. It's beautiful. There's the, the, the facts of the matter. Is that apart from God, you don't know love. And I hate to, to break it to you, but you were not loving. You were faking it before you encountered God. When you encountered God, you encountered love. And here's the best part, is you actually didn't do anything to receive that. It was actually his choice that you would know what love is. That's important because if you don't understand that part, you'll perpetuate the lie that somehow you can earn what you don't deserve. That's called religion. Religion. That's called religion. That's, that's you continually to do works, to, continually to, 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 to gather information, just one thing after another, after another, after another, hoping that finally one day you'll find love within yourself. But guess what? You won't. You'll just be filled with information, and your love will be cold. So it's important not not only that we understand that God is love and love comes from intimacy with him, knowing him, receiving him, but that you actually didn't choose to love him first. He chose you. And it's important to realize that in his choosing you, he he became undignified. He became violent and radical The image in in Luke 15 of the prodigal son, has everybody read that story? There's a son who who doesn't know love, right? So he goes out into the world to find it, but then he comes to the end of himself. And he realizes, this isn't as good as I thought it would be. In fact, it is kind of terrible. Who's been there? Me, two hands in the air. I've done it twice, I think, right? And he gets to the end of himself, and he realizes, This is not love. Maybe only if I can somehow weasel my way back in, if I can grovel at his feet, if I can do something to earn it, then I can go back to where I came from, right? That's what we do every day when we don't encounter love. We're trying to earn back what what belongs to us, where we came from. You've come from God, right? So he goes back home, he's, he's on his way home, and he's preparing his speech in his head, just hoping that the father's going to be like, you know what, I don't appreciate what you did, but maybe if you slave for me for five years and you give up a quarter of your rights to your other brothers, you'll get some of your, your birthright back, right? He's probably preparing for disappointment, just like many of us are. We're preparing for disappointment. And he gets back within eyesight of his father, and what does the father do? He runs towards him, but he doesn't even run towards it because that would be enough. That would be enough if he just ran towards him. He lifts up his, his his gown, right, his 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 whatever they wore back then, which was undignified. He wasn't supposed to do that; it was against the law. And he sprints towards him, taking off his ring and embracing him and giving him the honor of being a son who loves the father. It's the same with Jesus. Jesus became undignified so that you would know that he loves you. Newsflash, you didn't earn his love. You may feel like you've done enough Christian activities, that you've done enough Bible study to finally earn it, but you've not earned his love. Today, you've not earned his love. You're still very much human, yet he still chooses you, not because of what you've done, but because of who he is. It's important you understand that. I was staring at the school that uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for the Super Bowl, not because I care about the Bengals or the Rams. Uh, I'm excited for the Super Bowl because it gives me four hours to sit in a room with my family. I'm not kidding. I really love that. I'm growing as a father. You know, I, my poor kids, the oldest ones had to learn the most, and I'm sorry I'm putting you on the spot, and they learn uh, how broken I am as, you know, as time goes on, but I really love them. I really do. And my love for them is growing. And I really like just being in the same room as them. I like just like eating snack foods and making stupid dad jokes and just watching them ignore me and play on their phones. And they don't even care that I'm there, but I just love being around them. (laughs) I do. I love it. And it really, it's helped me because now I understand how the Father feels about me. I I don't think about him all the time. I'm not constantly giving him my attention or my affection i'm not you know i don't acknowledge his presence all all day every day but he's not worried about it he still chooses me and he still wants to spend time with me and he's not waiting for me to get it right he's not saying john if you would just pray enough fast enough read enough then maybe you'd be worthy of my love he's saying no i choose you i choose you that messes with me that messes with me because i know myself I know what I think about when I lay down at night. I know what I, what I really would do if I had all the options in the world. And so do you. But it doesn't matter. He still chooses you. And he's willing to be undignified for you. He's willing to be whipped. And he's willing to be spat upon. He's willing to be thrown through the dirt. He's willing to be broken. Not because he wants to prove anything, but because he just desires your heart. That messes with me. That messes with me. Man, if things are determined by value, right? You go to the store, you you buy the best car, it's at the highest price, right? That's how the world works. Then you need to know that you've been bought at the highest price. You've been bought at the highest price. There's nothing else God could give to prove his love to you. He gave himself. That's radical love. And what that means is that you are the highest prize in the created universe that God could ever have. <laughs> you are the highest prize that God could ever obtain. But think about that. If, if he cared more about planets, then Jesus would have died to create more planets. If he cared more about churches, Jesus would have died to pop up more churches who do the same thing. But he didn't do that. He took on the form of a man. He, he allowed himself to be broken. He, he, undig- he made himself undignified so that he could have you. And then even when his disciples doubted him and they were like, we still don't get it. We still don't believe that you are who you say you are. He, he kept himself undignified. Put your finger in the holes in my hand. I mean, think about it. He's in the, His glorified state. He, he's, he's at the right hand of the Father, and He still has His holes in His hands so that when you get there and you see Him, He can show you the love He has for you. What kind of love is that? I mean, that should make you uncomfortable. That should break something in you. That, that, that should make you... St- Not just want to wait for the next church service, but be consumed. Be consumed with this fire of his love so that you can pour it out to the communities that you've been put in. That God is so radically in love with you that for all of eternity he's allowed himself to have wounds in his hands so that you would remember that he loves you. See, uh, Matthew 22, the two greatest uh, commandments, what are they? Love the Lord God. Yeah, I forgot, so thank you for reminding me. (laughs) And then what's the second greatest? Love your neighbor as yourself. You have to love yourself. You have to love yourself. You can't love people until you love yourself. See, it's a really weird setup where you encounter love, and then because you've encountered love, you now can be content with who you are, your brokenness and everything. And then because you're content with who you are, you no longer have to prove yourself to anybody else around you. So you're no longer playing the game. You no longer are holding people hostage because you don't think that you're good enough. And then you can actually love people with a glimpse of the same love that God has for you. You see, until you know what love is, you don't love yourself, you're ashamed of yourself. This is what's happening in our world. People are ashamed of who they are because they don't know who God has made them to be. And because they're ashamed of who they are, they put on, we put on a false pretense. We pretend. We do church as like a, a, a costume. And we pretend to love people conditionally. Conditional love is not love. If I need something from you in order for me to love you, I don't actually love you. I'm purchasing something from you. See, Jesus didn't need anything from you to do what he did. He wasn't, inti- there's people who will never know him. Think about that. There's people who will never receive the shed blood of Jesus in their life. And he still did what he did, knowing that. Unintimidated. See, this is the highest call you could ever have, is to be in love if you want to be an effective follower of Christ, the highest anointing you can ever walk in is growing deeper in love with God. If you want to be effective in what you've been called to do, then you need to get on your face and fall in love with who Jesus is. Not who you want him to be. Not who you think he is based on your past experiences or the past churches you've been to or the pastors that have hurt you in the past. You need to see him. And then you need to let him consume you. You need to let him consume you. So that you don't just go out and try to love people. Right? That, that doesn't work. How many of you know when you, you try to do something like that, you just fall flat in your face? When you're consumed and you begin to overflow, it becomes a natural exchange. It becomes effortless. See, Jesus' yoke is light and his burden is easy. The things that He's called you to do might be hard, but they'll flow naturally. And when you're consumed by love, then love just runs out of you like a cup overflowing. So Lord, we we thank You that You love us. We thank You that You love us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord. And we ask Jesus that you would come right now, that you would wash over us, that you would wash over us, God. That you would break the wariness of the world, that you would break the, 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 just the dryness of our souls, God, that you would break this thing that, that tries to tell us and lie to us that we don't deserve it, that you would break it in us, God. Would you come, Holy Spirit? We know it's your desire to do so, God, but we, we ask for grace to just allow you to. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your love today, God. We receive your love and we thank you for your faithfulness to give it to us. Amen. So we're going to go into a time of worship. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that the Holy Spirit truly minister to you through this message from the Word of God. If you'd like to know more, look us up at livingstonfirstchurch.com or follow us on social media, and we look forward to seeing you in person soon.